to what's happening in the world today, but really many of them are part of what the elite want to bring in. The upcoming demonstrations will have the greenies there of all kinds and the ones for sustainable development, the ones who want green and equality, etc., etc., across the world. And they always use the young to do it because the young are idealistic. They know how to use idealism. The young see things in black and white. There's no shades of gray. They have no wisdom to fall back on. They don't realize that what they're demanding from an elite, the same elite who've given us wars, world wars, and all the other wars and depressions, will just give them a new deal. So why would you ask the shark to help you out this time? It won't work. You'll ask for what they want to give you, ultimately, anyway. I'll be back with more after this break on more on this topic. It's a very important topic. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. I try to give you the histories of the big system, the organized system that includes the bankers who put the politicians in place, which use foundations and NGOs and front groups to get their way in the world. They fund all universities. And then when they fund universities, they also put little handouts to the the deans to tell them what they'd like to have studied in the universities and what they'd like to have omitted is always a catch, you see, with everything they get to do for the public. It's always a catch. It's for their own benefit, not for the public's. And down through history, as I say, we've been given new deals. We were given new deals supposedly when Britain got a parliament together. That was a new deal, even though you had to be a landowner to vote. At that time, that held steady for an awful long time, tied up into World War I, and they gave the ordinary people the votes. But they never decided at all to allow the public to guide the course of the country or the world, for that matter. Because democracy, of course, would take the power away from those who held it. Power never, ever gives itself up. Never. Never, ever abdicates. And... Before they even gave uh, the vote to the ordinary people in Britain, for instance, you had the Cecil Rhodes Foundation and the Darwinists, all one big group, in fact, all intertwined, intermarried, who set up a system to bypass any idea of the coming democracy that would be used to fool the people. We have front organizations we call governments. If governments were there for the people, you wouldn't have them going into Congress or Parliament and voting with the party against their own constituents. So why have politicians who must vote with the party and not for the constituents? What's the point of having them? Democracy is supposed to be when the politician goes off to the main meeting hall and, or his Uppsala, as you used to call it, and speaks on your behalf. Doesn't happen. Oh, I'm sorry, constituents, I have to vote with the party. So we don't have that. We never did really have it, in fact. And Margaret Thatcher, I've gone over this many times, gave talks on this in her New World Order speeches, including the one she gave at Massey Hall in Toronto in the 90s, early 90s, in the coming New World Order. Where she said that I belong, she said, to a parallel government, a parallel government 
that was made up of ex-politicians, the heads of state, high-level bureaucrats who'd left government positions, and she said that we get the jobs done, whereas democracy can't. It's too cumbersome with all the haggling that goes on in the houses, the big political houses. And there are too many competing interests, etc. Therefore, they have their agenda. Now, what agenda are they talking about? Well, remember, the whole idea of free trade was based in England in Queen Elizabeth I's era. And all around Queen Elizabeth I, you had this openly Rosicrucian order. Francis Bacon, John Dee, all these boys, Francis Drake, Raleigh, etc. And Dee came up with the idea of a British empire that would expand into the world, and the world would copy this system, this governmental system, and come into an order of free trade. Free trade in the 1500s. And out of that one court, they gave birth to the first giant corporation, International, which is the British East India Company. And the East India Company also went into countries, and through gradualism and bringing envoys with them from England, they would try and get a system, a similar system, an appendage, if you like, of Britain set up in that country. Free trade. And they even came up with the term most favored nation trading status, the one they gave China only a few years ago. We're living through a vast plan by people who came out in the time of Darwin and admitted that they believed that they were physically, mentally, biologically superior, and that Darwin had proven their point, something they'd always known, they said, in their own writings on eugenics, that they obviously had evolved more than all the peasants down below. You find Mr. Rockefeller and all these characters are all part of this one big clan that, that finance the NGOs and the foundations and the universities, and the media, or education, to get us to go along with their big plan. And their plan is a timetable, like a long-term business plan. Implementation dates for certain things. Now, these same people came out with the conspiracy theorists to, to, to ridicule those who follow what they print and publish. They slap conspiracy theorists on you. They also put out Red herrings, people who come out and mix the truth with utter nonsense, sci-fi nonsense, to discredit the truth. That's called counterintelligence. But they have published so much about their intentions, and there's never been a time that they're on a roll as today, or when today, as they roll out the next part of their agenda. And remember, this 21st century, they said in the last century, was to be a century of change. And they gave the mantras to Obama and different ones to change is good, change is good, quack, 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 parrot. Slogans win for them, you see. Repetition and slogans. What do they want? They want a world where their sciences, which they own and control, will bring in a new population eventually. Down the road, they've published all this stuff in all the science magazines of enhanced beings that will serve them better, but they want a really reduced population because after all, they don't like extra livestock around that aren't being of any use to them. They're not producing. And the Western world has gone past that great transition from industrial technological to a service economy. 
these boys at the top are like the lord farmers, the old lord farmers that had all the tenant farmers down below them. And there's just simply too much livestock around for their liking. We get in the way, we're untidy across the landscape. And therefore they must convince us all that we are the problem. And they've done a darn good job so far. Ordinary people now will chat to each other about, well, I guess they're right, there's too many of us. These people all live in cities where unlimited immigration has been bulging their seams out for years to make them believe that they're overcrowded. While the United Nations, it's a front group for this big dominant minority, publish every year that Western families and offspring have been being reduced for years and years and years and not replacing themselves. And that's the reason they give for the immigration. You've got to bring in people to pay off the debt. Well, since the debt keeps accumulating because it's planned to, how could you ever pay it off? It's not intended to. They're going to bring in a new system. But first, they must get everyone rioting and complaining to them, especially the young who've already had about 10 years of indoctrination into the greening agenda and sustainability. And at the end of it all, we were all war-weary and battle-torn. They'll unroll another New Deal, which is the one they had probably written 50-odd, 60 years ago, shake the dust off it and present it to the public. We'll breathe a sigh of relief and be good-willing servants. That's how they plan to do it. From the BBC today, March 26, 2009. It says, population growth unsustainable. Now, this is a, a handout to the BBC that, again, is owned by the British government, remember. There used to be so many complaints in the, about the BBC because they didn't hire anyone that wasn't from Eton to make sure their own class ran it, you see. And it's funded from the government by taxpayers' money. It's a propaganda outfit for the agenda. And I mentioned a few days ago that the Optimum Population Trust, which is a private front group for the Rockefellers, the, the Rothschilds, the Carnegie, Ford, etc., all these foundations. I mentioned how their boss, their boss man, who will shortly be a boss, uh, a lord himself, because they inherit their titles from their daddies, good old superior papa, uh, and, and who was Prince Charles' green advisor, by the way, who runs this, this Optimum Population Trust. They've now given out their handout, official handout, at the same time as other handouts are coming. That's how they do it. Everything happens at the same time. They give you a little bit of preparation because we adapt so fast to ideas. And then they come out with the whole thing. And we swallow it all, bean by bean, basically. The Optimum Population Trust is holding a conference on how population growth will affect climate change with a leading environmentalist, Dr. Martin Desvaux, warning that the UK will be unable to reach its carbon emission reduction targets while sustaining its population. Now remember, this is the same BBC that, that called for halving the population of Britain last week. It had to be done. Correspondent Caroline Duffield reports from Lagos, Nigeria, on the problems caused by rapidly growing population, while correspondent James Rogers reports from Moscow, where the population is shrinking. Professor John Gilbod Professor of Family Planning, that's abortions and so on, and Reproductive Health, that's fixing you up after they've destroyed your cervix after abortion, at UCL discusses how population growth can be brought down without infringing on people's right to reproduce. So how can they bring down the population without infringing on people's rights 
to reproduce. Well, they've got to convince you to do it voluntarily. That's, what, that's all there is to it. Quite simple, isn't it? And um, you should go through that particular article, look into the Optimum Population Trust and Mr. Porritt, soon to be Lord Porritt when good old Papa was his final superior resting place. And we find, as I say, this it all comes out at the same time. CNNpolitics.com, March 25th, 2009. This is a, a beauty. <laughs> it's from it's on their, their page called Political Ticker. I'll read this. It's, it's really astonishing, and, and yet not astonishing. Back in a moment after these messages. the matrix, showing you how the boys at the top plan their agenda, but they make us all believe in the accidental view of history. Accidents just happen, crashes just happen, no one can foresee them, and so on and so on and so on, as they guide us along to the new system, the world system of world service, where money eventually will be supplanted really with, or replaced with tokens of some kind or another, and then that will be done away with altogether. And we're so happy to be born into a world to serve the big green planet on which we, I don't know if we call it live, but exist. And I talked about Optimum Population Trust, a massive organization, again, funded by the big foundations at the top and the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And all these big boys at the top, all these lords know each other. And they're all part of the pyramid structure that controls our lives and guides us with our thoughts and where we're all going. And these guys will never, you cannot, you cannot negotiate with these guys. I, thought, I hope people realize that, that go to London. There's no negotiations with people who are ruthless, who come from ruthless families going back centuries, and who, who always come out at the end and give you the new deal while the same ruthless guys are in control of it. What do you expect will keep happening? The same thing, obviously. But back to what I'm saying here how this ties in with the Optimum Population Trust. Planned Parenthood to Honor Hillary Clinton, seen in politics.com. March 25th, Planned Parenthood Federation of America will hold a gala honoring Secretary of State Hillary Clinton Friday in Houston, Texas. This is the healthcare provider. Did you know it was a healthcare provider? That's what it was, Planned Parenthood. Look into the history, folks, of what Planned, planned Parenthood is and who set it up. So it's a healthcare provider announced it will host awards and dinner ceremony in the Longhorn State to pay tribute to those who have made significant contributions to the advancement of women's reproductive health and rights and promotion of family planning and prevention efforts. Clinton is set to receive F or PPFA's highest honor, the Margaret Sanger Award. Who was Margaret Sanger? She was the one who set it up. She was a top eugenicist, Fabianist. She loved Adolf Hitler and his policies for getting rid of the weak and infirm and those who were below par mentally. She loved Lenin. She loved Stalin. She loved all of these people because socialism was up her alley. 
Socialism is a technique to use for all of this, you see. You're just a creature that can manipulate you forever and ever. You are, you are the clay that can keep remolding you into the perfect being. To serve them, that is. So you can get the Margaret Sanger Award. Doesn't that make you, make you feel better to affect your state? As, a, as a, a believer in Margaret Sanger and all her policies of getting rid of all the weak, the elderly, the infirm, and those that they claimed were below par in a few gene areas. Eugenics is out in the open today, out in the open, in your face. But you have a dumbed-down public who live on trivia, and that's why they can put it in your face. As I say, everything ties in together. Everything is tied in together. Now, the Mail Online, I'm going to use this as an example of how psychology is used in the media to an extent that most folk are unaware of, in fact. The British papers are really the prototype for the planet. Everything that happens, in fact, in Britain is done in Britain. For, in, in Britain, it's done in the worldwide. Asher has been tested in Britain. And the newspapers across the planet are emulating the British style because it's down to a or perfected state, I should say. From the Mail Online, it says, G20 rioters, so they call them rioters before the riot, you see, to hang banker effigies from lampposts as city staff are told to wear disguises. And this is from, let's see, the Daily Mail, 26th of March, 2009. It says, city workers are being urged to stay at home or to dress down, dress down, in other words, dress like a commoner, during next week's G20 summit to avoid being targeted by anti-capitalist protesters. So now, you see, they're anti-capitalist protesters. I think last week the same newspapers had, had other phrases that they used for them, but this week it's anti-capitalist protesters. So they're already telling us what they think of the coming protesters. That's how it's done. It says, unprecedented measures are being put into place to prepare for thousands of demonstrators targeting the city. That's, that's, the, that's the sovereign city of London. It says, the city. And Canary Wharf. About 3,000 anti... And see, he's repetition again. 3,000 anti-capitalist protesters are expected with groups next Wednesday marching to the Bank of England holding... And they don't have camping anymore. They used to call them camps in these demonstrations. Now, the media is calling them, like the flash mobs, flash camps. Flash camps, oh, do they hold flash camps outside the European Climate Exchange in Bishopsgate? I didn't even know we had one, a European Climate Exchange, I don't know if it was in England, and marching on the U.S. Embassy. Demonstrators have vowed to hang effigies of bankers from lampposts along the protest route. And it says, I think extra security, etc., etc., uh, precautions to protect their staff after vandals attacked former Royal Bank of Scotland Chief Sir Fred Goodwin's Edinburgh home. He probably threw a brick through it himself. So I'm going to read more on this after these messages because there's a lot more to it what's coming up. And the protesters should know what's going on. So should the public. Back in a moment after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading an article from the Mail Online to do with the upcoming, what they're claiming here, are riots. They don't even even bother to see if you call it demonstrations. No, it's riots by anti-capitalists. Last week they they said they were all anarchists. But you you know, the Mail Online and all the newspapers in Britain are owned by members, generally lords, of the CFR. Royal Institute of International Affairs, same thing, you see. Because knowledge is power, and they've never, ever allowed the major power out of their hands. Never. Therefore, they give handouts to these papers who just just print them, just print them up, willingly, because that's their job. And they demonize, you see, those they want to demonize, and stigmatize those they want to stigmatize, and elevate those they want to elevate. So the bankers are great boys, you see. They've ripped us off, I, I can't remember how many times in my life, or my parents' or my grandparents' times. There's so many times that you just can't count them. They're good guys, good guys at the top. And all those who oppose them after getting ripped off are anti-capitalist anarchists, supposedly, according to this article here. It says, an extra 2,500 police, including riot units and intelligence officers, are being deployed at a cost of £10 million to tackle any violence while security consultants are giving firms constant updates on threat levels. It's fascism right there. Security consultants. They must be into everybody's data, you see. Private organizations. Working with government. And the law. The demonstrators as 20 world leaders meet at the Excel Center in Docklands to discuss how to end the world recession. This is what it's all about. How to end the world recession. This big accident that just happened. Are expected to be the biggest in London this decade. Remember now, I've read the articles in the recent past about the military's think tank in Britain and the one for the US coming up with identical massive um, papers on the future for the next 50 years. They want 30 years of rioting apparently in those particular documents. That's what they foresee. So you're going to see the start of it. How did you kick it off while well, you collapsed the economy and screwed the people? Again, that's how you start it off. Simple. All techniques have been used before. It says, one warns the front doors to be permanently locked during these two days. This is, this is companies. The London Chamber of Commerce has warned businesses to take security precautions, including making sure staff carry ID, keep movement in and out of the offices to a minimum, and cancelling all but essential meetings. That's when these big fat fellas run off to see their call girls. Colin Stanbridge, chief executive at the LCCI, said there will be concern among businesses at the protest, but the vast majority of firms will have robust security. The private security firms are all run by ex-SAS guys and MI5 and 6 guys are just booming these days. Great business. The financial advisory group Bluefin, which employs 500 staff in London, has told employees not to go to its office in Mark Lane in the city unless absolutely necessary. A spokesman for the bank, UBS, said we we're telling people to be cautious. If client meetings, do you need to have them here? Now, who, who lead the young down through the years? You remember Bertrand Russell and, and a book about, about him, in fact, written for him. That's photographs of him at the, they called it the Committee of 100, the, the, the these were the real vanguards of the, the peace leagues, the anti-bomb leagues. He ran 
these groups. Now, Lord Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell also was a eugenicist who believed and worked for these boys at the top. So his job was to go out in the world and get everyone behind them to, to create a fake anti-war movement that really would believe in it. All the followers really believed in it. So that the public who watched these demonstrations on their TV would live in horror that we're going to get nuked at any minute, keeping in constant fear. That was the idea of the Cold War, apart from making high-tech advances with unlimited tax money from the people to make more chains for the future. And we're seeing it all come out now with security, etc., etc., watching everything that we do. So they always give you the opposition, but they also used university leaders, professors, to get the young up and going. Now, who's leading these, well, one of these groups? Chris Knight, professor of anthropology. Those guys who believe in evolution. At the University of East London is organizing protests under the banner G20 meltdown. That's one group that's going. He also is a member of what they call radical anthropologists. They've got a whole new theory on anthropology and how vocabulary itself and changes in language uh, advance social causes. And literally are sort of evolutions in themselves. I have a different opinion. I believe they're created by those who know how to create them. Because civilization and knowledge is very, very ancient and well studied. It says, this is what Chris said, he says, we're going to be hanging a lot of people like Fred the Shred, that's Sir Fred, who, who got the massive bonus after collapsing his bank. It says, we'll be hanging them from lampposts. And I can only say, let's hope they're just effigies. If he winds up, us up anymore, I'm afraid there will be real bankers hanging from lampposts. Meanwhile, the group claiming responsibility for vandalizing the former Royal Bank of Scotland chairman's home has threatened further action against criminal bank bosses. A statement claiming to be from the group responsible for damage at a three million pound mansion, that's, that's nowhere near his bonus there, warned of further attacks, saying this is just the beginning. The threat sparked fears of terror campaign against those blamed for the collapse in the financial system. Then he goes on and on and on about what, how terrible this was to poor old Sir Fred. You know, he lost a window. People have been losing their homes all over the planet. But poor Sir Fred, poor Sir Fred, I'm sure he's well insured. He probably also owns the insurance company. And we'll, we'll go to Kyle from Connecticut on the phones, if he's there. Is Kyle there? Hi, Alan. Hello. Yeah, it's funny. Everybody's out here uh, protesting the AIG execs at their <laughs> mansions. We're getting, uh, you know, a couple million, but they don't realize that there's bigger fish out there to fry. There's bigger fish. And here's the thing, too, and I keep mentioning this little phrase that was put out in New York during uh, the Civil War when they had the riots in New York. And the, the Tammany riots, um, where the mayor said, he said, we can always hire half the poor to kill the other half. Today they would say half the lower classes to kill the other half of the lower classes. And what you'll always see is the people at the bottom who think they're middle class, and mainly universities and so on, clash with the hired cops all come from the working class themselves. While the boys in the ivory towers stand way high above it all, looking down on it, uh, with their grin and holding their brandy and seeing everything's going to plan, as always. You, you see, it's pointless to, to take your aggression out on, on paid thugs, and that's really what today's military 
police are. They're paid thugs. Uh, they are now contaminated with their indoctrination. They've had 10 years of intense indoctrination that's made them ultra-paranoid about the public. And they see themselves as a fraternity. They use military tactics to bond them together. And so they will be utterly ruthless upon the same public that goes for them. So you have people at the bottom squabbling with people at the bottom. And they never go to the ones who cause the problem in the first place. I know, and that was a good lesson you talked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem with all of this, because the same ones at the top, they did the same thing with the Great Depression. They pulled out FDR out of Wall Street, so they put a banker's man in to give us a new deal. And here they are again. Uh, they're all waiting to give the public a new deal. Bush, remember, used the same term. I'm giving it. Here's a new deal. So they keep giving us new deal. The same people who use us like slaves, tax us to their help, let us accumulate, and then they plunder us every 50 years or so, are going to give us another new deal after all these riots. And it will be coupled with sustainability, the greening of the planet, and that will bring in population reduction. And we'll all say, well, good, good. The riots are all over. And you don't realize they've got exactly what they wanted at the top. And they'll have a world of service, a world of service. We were, we're here to serve the world economy and the world economic system and the planet. But in reality, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be like the, the peasants of Russia who went through the revolution and will end up working in the fields for the elite as usual. It's the same old thing. You can't go to the, to the killer shark and negotiate because these guys have declared all-out war biological, through your food, through your water, through inoculations on the general public a long time ago. They're utterly ruthless. And they can hire as many thugs at the bottom to crash your skulls in. I hope people realize that. War has been declared upon the people by people who are absolutely resolute in their agenda, utterly resolute in their agenda. There's no negotiations with these characters at the top. They were not going to change their agenda because we asked them nicely to do it. No, and they're really slick, too. Very slick, yeah. They're, they're pushing the fair tax uh, again. Yeah, fair tax. 2009. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A 20, 23% national sales tax. Mm -hmm. And they claim they're going to abolish the IRS and the income tax. But mm -hmm. if they don't within seven years, then they could get rid of the national sales tax. So it's perfect for them to have a seven-year period to just get rid of the baby boomers. Yes. And, uh, you know, they're done paying their income tax, so they're just going to pay sales tax. There'll be sales tax, and then, then they'll phase in the, the, in the individual carbon taxes that go to the world uh, government, which will be up and pretty well running by then. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, the, uh, the acronyms WHO. <laughs> yes. The World Health Organization and That's right. IMF. Do Doctor WHO, I call them, yeah. Yeah. They're the Time Lords. The Time Lords is their big joke because they, they, they rule the world intergenerationally for centuries. So they're the Time Lords, Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah, I look forward to watching your uh, Time DVD and where yes. you explain some things about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, they love their jokes. Their jokes are put out to the public in movies and, 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 and uh, television series and so on. Uh, they do love their jokes because they truly believe they're so superior and the reason is because it's because they've always got what they wanted. They, they don't leave anything to chance. And, and believe you me, um, they will lead uh, any, what people think of revolutions, they'll make sure that they have the leaders for it who will come to terms with exactly what the elite want them to come to terms with. 
and everyone go back home thinking, good, we've, we've won. No, they haven't won. They'll be into the new system, the next new deal, which is exactly what the elite wanted in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I see happening right now, this change. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was driving myself crazy reading uh, UN documents, and uh, all the resolutions are the problem here and the problem there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, their terms are just... Uh, Amazing. Uh, trade distorting domestic support. <laughs> yeah. I, I read that one today. <laughs> yes. They, they love their terms and all the rest of it, but everything, everything we read is put out for us to read is predictive programming so that we will subconsciously uh, adapt, adapt their ideas towards what they want us to adapt to without really reasoning it out for ourselves. And that's the technique of uh, massive control in psychology. In fact, getting that's back right. to that article I was reading on, from, the, from the Mail Online, uh, I was going to mention how it's laid out. The paper's laid out, standard Britain. Here's your main story. That, now, that could just as well have been uh, the slaughter at Gaza with the world's fourth largest military bombing these peasants. Uh, but on the right-hand side, here's what they give the women. Uh, they give the women uh, all, all the movie stars and what's happening to them, all these women, you know. Uh, 35-year-old's recovery hampered by North Pole joint. Madonna prepares to fly to Malawi. They don't want women involved in what's happening. And, and it's so black and white here. Here's the main story on the left, and the guys will read that. Women will ultimately look into all this trivia that's put out there, hoping to divert them, because the last thing they want, the last thing they want are angry women or mothers having their photographs taken in the streets, because that automatically wins public support. And women and children are involved. So they divert the women into Katie Hopkins. How I, how I cost my married lovers three million pounds. This isn't next to the main story in the newspaper. Or, or how this film star, no gourmet sex, please, blah, blah, blah. Lucy Cavendish says she's satisfied by Tesco's value added cuddles and a quickie, and it doesn't leave her exhausted, and now she's in bed with a guy. This is how they psychologically lay out the media to get the guys to watch the stuff as they give you the wording, anarchists, anti-capitalists. And on the, on the right-hand side, they want to divert the women off into that. They don't want the women coming out and demanding the rights. It's so perfect. Psychology is used in everything that you look at. And the people have grown up with this thinking it's all normal. You don't even realize why it's laid out that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh... They were, I could see it in most news I, I watched. They repeat the same thing over and over again. And you say yes. eight times, yep. and you, you believe it. Yes, and, and what you'll find is that after the news, they'll, they'll go off to uh, a, a talk by ex- experts on that topic who, again, use the same terms. And then, then later on in, in, the, in the night, they'll give on another series on more experts using the same terms again. So they're all unrelated, but in fact... That's called, that's called, that's predictive programming, getting used to the terms eight times minimal until we start to parrot them ourselves. <laughs> it's all, it's all psychology, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the letters themselves and your writings, I, I see just, uh, it's all distorted. Yes. Yeah, it is. But they, they do love, as I say, their, their little codes, their little laughs, and the language is full of codes, and that's what, also what I write about as well. They've been at this for a long, long time. They created the English language about the 1500s. They brought out the King James Bible at the same time to introduce it and all the Shakespearean plays. The modern 
um, dictionaries will tell you that they owe about 180,000 words to Shakespeare, this busy, busy scribbler. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why they have such a problem with the Greeks and, uh, you know, people that actually know the, the, you know, the meanings of words. And Yes. Well, again, George Orwell came out with it very well. He said eventually, in 1984, the dictionary will be very, very thin. It gets thinner every year as you take words out of the dictionary and you're left with linguistic minimalism for the extent that there could be, there could be no terror and no, no terrorists out there in society when, when basically you don't have the words to convey your thoughts. That literally was the goal in 1984 with the dictionary. Yeah, the memory hall. Yes, and so we see it happening today with, with the, the songs, the rap and all that. Minimalism, linguistic minimalism until people can't even convey properly uh, uh, thoughts or definitely philosophies. And if you want to riot about something, you must have a philosophy to go by that has an outcome and a direction. They don't have that, except for the ones being given to do with greening and sustainability and equality across the world and all that stuff. Um, what do you think about Timothy Leary's uh, beliefs? And uh, I mean, he sounds similar to Socrates. Timothy Leary, it was, it was admitted not so long, well, a few years ago, Timothy Leary uh, was employed by the CIA. Just to hand out acid and get everybody... His job was to get uh, the youngsters into the drugs. And remember, the guys at the top, uh, look into the history of the Skull and Bone Society and all those boys in Yale University, they all made their big pile of loot putting in opium into China. They've always been involved in drug industry, using drugs on the people to conquer them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, Alan Watt, you're cutting into the Matrix. And we'll go to Rachel from North Carolina. Are you there, Rachel? Hello? Yes. Hi. Um, it's good to talk to you again. Oh, um, there's just an avalanche of information out there, so I've been pretty much buried. Yes. But um, I just decided to look into Geithner just for fun, mm -hmm. and I looked on Wikipedia, you know, and I'm just looking at his profile, and it's talking about how he's now the Secretary of Treasury, but he was previously the President of the Federal Reserve. And the strange thing is, is, you know, I've heard people talking about his ties with Goldman Sachs and, you know, all these conflicts of interest. And I'm like, but what about that big one right there? Mm -hmm. Just yep. the fact that he was with the, <laughs> the president of the Federal Reserve. Yes. It, it, that seems to me, and maybe I'm crazy, but that seems to me like appointing the former president of GlaxoSmithKline to Health and Human Services or something. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. then giving them the contracts and having them oversee, mm -hmm. you know, that no corruption happens. Of course, when, they've, got to, they've got to keep it in the family, and, and that's what they do. Uh, to see from their perspective, they haven't failed in anything. They're, they're right on schedule and course, and technically they're, they're doing a good job because they want to change the system into the next level of their system. So, so that's why, yeah. But, I mean, why, why, you know, I see these congressmen grilling these people and everything. It's like, why don't they bring up that as obvious mm -hmm. corruption, obvious um, 
there's no separation between corporations and the government anymore. It's oh, basically no. like you can go back and forth. You can be in a corporation and then go ahead and it would be like if it was Citibank and, you know, we just decided to have that president come and be the head of the Federal Reserve. And then, you know, Bernanke says, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you where all that money went. And maybe it went to all his friends. You know, it went to all the, you know, the president of Citibank's mm-hmm. friends and everything. So how would you know? I mean, there would be no way of ensuring that your regulators, who are supposedly the Secretary of Treasury, yeah. are doing their job because you know that they previously worked for these private companies. It, I mean, well, exactly. The, the whole thing a, was a con to begin with. Uh, uh, the, the whole Federal Reserve system, etc., etc., and, and, and uh, the whole thing is a con. It's always been a con, and uh, that's the key to it. As I say, their boys have done the right thing. Uh, they, they pulled off what they pulled off. And they'll all get promoted for doing what they're supposed to do at the right time, which yeah. was to, to create a, a, another crisis on top of many crises during supposedly a war on terror worldwide that's changing the world, uh, just yeah. to add to the mayhem, to bring in a new system. Yeah, It's just for me, you know, I'm not even that smart. In fact, I only really even uh, discovered you last year sometime at the end of the year. Yeah. And it just seems so obvious to me that, you know, these things are happening and it's obviously just a big crock and then you know i thought okay well you know let me get active i'm going to go to our city council meeting here in durham and you know what their big serious problem was Uh (laughs) it was duke students are partying and disrupting the neighbors (laughs) i'm not kidding i'm not kidding they they spent 20 minutes at the beginning they had like kids singing and then they were bringing people up and patting each other on the back about what a great job they were doing. And then they had developers come in there and ask about rezoning, you know, and then, I mean, really their big thing was this Duke students party. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then all go off to their their lodges in the Eastern Star and and have a party. Unbelievable. That's how it works. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, again, the hour flashes by, and I had so many topics to say, but there's simply not enough time in an hour. So from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.